the reason people recommended you is because not only are you good at what you're doing, but you make them look good if yeah. if you do the job that they know you can do. Yes, so yes. you got to be that person. Sure. And that takes discipline. That takes the brain to focus yes. and to know that end goal. Yo, what's up, guys? My name is Andy. Um, welcome to the first episode of The Real Podcast. Um, today, I have a special um, guest with me. His name is Jay. Um, I'll let Jay introduce himself. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I actually, I still actually introduce myself as Jay. Yeah. But I've been trying to switch to my full name, which is Javar Supersad. Uh, I think I, did, I used to allow people to say Jay and I, and I introduced myself to you that way sure. just because it's easier for people but I find now I actually want to own my name I think that's just something as I get older <laughs> I want to yeah. I want that to be the thing that yeah uh, I enter this industry with you know sure so it's Javert Javert okay cool great awesome so um I mean I mean would you mind like just telling like everyone like the viewers and the listeners you know, um, a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of crazy. This last year has been mad for me. Sure. Um, I finished studying at After in Cape Town last year. And I, I left there thinking, okay, well, now I've got a degree and I've got an honours. What do I do next? Yeah. And my answer was, I don't know, actually, what, <laughs> what I'm going to do next. What is the case? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's scary because then you realise for four years you were like okay this is what's gonna happen I'm gonna be an adult and then it's like you're an adult now <laughs> um, and so that happened at the beginning of the year and then I worked as uh, a DOP for a couple of music videos and cool. I and I assisted on a couple of small sets and then I got an email with a possible job on this Apple series sure. the thing though is I didn't qualify for it so yeah. I I needed eight years more experience in the job to be able to even qualify for that one. Crazy. Yeah. It, and, you know, I looked at that email and I said, it's the worst that could happen. They say yeah. no. And I had experience since I was about 15 directing my own stuff, but mm. none of that I felt qualified. I, and maybe it was an ego thing that I thought maybe I wasn't good enough or what oh. I did wasn't worth it yet. So I just applied anyway. I applied. I didn't expect a response back. A couple of weeks went by, maybe three weeks. And then I got an interview. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I stepped into the interview. And again, I didn't have the experience. So I expected failure in a way. <laughs> so I went in thinking, this is a great learning experience for me. I'm not going to get this. And so I interview very naturally. Because again, I, there was no pressure on me to be anyone. Yes. I, they knew I didn't qualify. Yeah. So clearly something just went right. And yeah, like, for I'm sure. just going to let it be that. Yeah, most definitely. And then, you know. Again, three weeks go by, I, I assumed I didn't get it. And I just kept looking for other opportunities. I get a call saying, you know, we want you on this job. Can you start next week? Oh, wow. Yeah. And, but then I was like, oh, no, I caught the job. I got the job. That's even worse than, than not getting it because now I have to actually show up and do the work. Yeah. And again, that inner voice was like, you know, you've worked on independent stuff. You've shot your own stuff. Sure. How are you going to work on a real film set? What do you know? And it's said, I actually don't know anything. Actually, that's that's always the case, brother. Yeah. That's always the case, bro. Like I've been on sets where um, we, had, we, we, we would get some students mm. and then when they get on, like, or maybe postgraduates, and then when they get on set, you know, on the real set, and then some of them realize that this is 
not actually what I studied. Mm. Or this is not what I have been studying in the past three or four yeah. years, whatever, you know? So, yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm quite intrigued here, you know, your, I mean, your side of the story, you know, when you, from school, you're doing your own things, went to school, after school, and then now you're getting into the real world. Mm. You know, like, how, how did that come up? How, how did that go about for you, you know? I think I, it didn't go how I expected. So I expected to get there and I wasn't going to know anything and I'd have to pay attention sure. a thousand percent harder than someone that was, has been working in, in this industry from the start, sure. you know, grips upwards. Yeah. But I got there and yeah, the equipment was a lot bigger and a lot more pricey. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they had a base camp and a tech camp and a set and you got all these cool walkie talkies and stuff going on. Yes. But the core of what was at film school was the core of what was here. And so within a day, I understood everything I needed to, to be able to continue the next day. So I knew who everyone was. I'm, I spent the first day getting to know, okay, these are the different departments. This is what they expect of me. This is what the director expects of me. Cause I came on to assist the director yes. with the knowledge I had from film school. I was able to learn quicker because I'd been yeah. in similar environments, yes. not the same one. Yes. So when I started, I expected film school to be a handicap. That's how I, I felt about it. Yeah. And then I got there and I was like, oh, I'm really grateful sure. for, especially for the honors year, which I, again, I, if you, if you know me in film school, I'm the last guy that would say this. I was in, in my honors year thinking I should ask for a refund. <laughs> like, what am I getting out of this? And then to leave think, and that humbled me. I was like, all right. So I'm glad I spent four years developing my thoughts. Yes because that's, that's what it really was. And that's what kept me in the job. And they ended up hiring me to another director uh, on the, like another block. Cause yes. I was only supposed to be on one block yes. and they hired me to the, another block. And then they were hiring me to another project and another uh, film production wanted me as well. I got three job crazy. offers that's that crazy. I had to turn down during shooting from going from, how do I get work? Am I going to have to rely on my parents for another year? What am I going to do? Do I have to go work in retail to, I have to turn your position, like your job down, Jeez, you know? And, and a crazy thing happened because I turned one job down and they came back and doubled the salary. Really? And I, yeah. That, I, means, that means you were doing something right. And you, were doing, you were doing something right. <laughs> but it was crazy to me. Again, I, I, like I was living on an allowance last year, you know? Yeah. My parents were supporting me. And so from there going like, okay, I need to count my money. How many times can I go to the grocery shop? How much is petrol going to cost? Yeah. To coming where I'm earning enough money to say, you know, I, I can take care of myself. I can, I can choose which jobs I want. Yeah, you that's know, great, man. That was an amount of power. I didn't expect how much clarity would come with it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, just a quick question, you know, like I know from myself, you know, like, getting into the film industry, you know, I never knew that I was going to be a director. Hmm. I never knew that I was going to be on this department, you know, because <clears throat> I studied drama, I wanted to be an actor. Hmm. But then it happened that um, I met this amazing lady called, um, um, what's her name? Um, I completely forgot her, she's a producer. So um, she liked me, I liked, I, I liked how things were, like, were happening like behind the scenes. Yeah. So she took me in under her wing and she mentored me and that's how I got into the industry. But I started from, from the bottom as a PA. That was like 2006, mm. I believe. Started, it was a, a drop out of my second year in drama school, you know, because of I was going into, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <clears throat> sorry. I never knew that I wanted to be a director. Mm. Something that, that, that happened. 
it's almost like I can say it happened overnight. Like for you, you know, did you always knew that you wanted to do to to be like a director or a DOP? Or is it something that, you know, you knew that before you even like maybe when you were in high school or something like that? Because when I was in high school, I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm. You know what I mean? But then when I finished my studies, like my, my, my grade 12, then things changed. I wanted to do drama. You know what I mean? That was yeah. me. So like what, like what was the case with you? Did you always know that you knew that you wanted to be a director or you wanted to be in this, you know? A very good question that. And I only really found the answer a couple of years ago. So my first answer, if you asked me when I was 21, would be, yeah, I was always going to be a director. I made my first sorry, short sorry. film. Sonja, the host. Sonja, the host. That was the producer. That's her name? That was the producer that took me in under her wing. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you to Sonja. To Sonja to, I mean, to Sonia. To so Sam said Sonia. I used to say Sonja. Sonja, the host. She's the one that took me in under her wing, you know, um, and... Um, and called up Gary, Gary Bieber from um, Radical Crew. You know, um, I did like a few jobs for them. I'm for, for Sonia as a PA. And then she called Gary and said, Gary, I've got this young guy who wants to be a director one day, you know, um, but now can you take him in? Gary said, Gary Bieber said, yeah, for sure. And then Sonia, Sonia the host wrote, wrote like a recommendation letter for me. Mm. And then I went to Radical Office, Radical Crew's offices like right then. And then Radical Crew took me in. Since from then, Radical Crew, they took a good care of me, you know, up until, you know. So I just wanted to say Sonja the host, you know. I mean, I'm sure if she's going to see this and then I forgot her name, she's going to be like, come on, Anile. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry for, for, for cutting you on your... No, no, I don't think you cut me off. I think to honor the people that got us here is exactly, very important. Exactly, yeah. And, and that kind of leads back to it perfectly because when I was younger, I always thought that I would always be a filmmaker. I yeah. thought that that was going to be how it was. Um, I picked my dad's camera up when I was about eight or nine. He had one of those old vintage cameras and I just started shooting stuff. Sure. And then I just kept shooting stuff, short films when I was uh, 12, I was making maybe 20 a year. Sure. When I got to 15, I made my first feature length thing. Wow. Um, wow. None of them were good. Like I was making them, but they were not, none of them were good. You, you know what I've learned from, from the first, from the first um, DOP that I ever spoke with? He told me that it was Soncha who introduced me to this DOP. Mm. This DOP said to me, I need to just pick up a camera and shoot anything. Yeah. yeah. Shoot anything and put your name on it as a director. And then you are the director. I agree. And, you know, so that's, 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 that's with what you're saying now that none of them was good. I mean, was good. I mean, you know, um, that's what it just reminded me that now. Yeah, because although they weren't good, and I can assure you they weren't, sure. they were still really good learning lessons because yeah. I, I was still making stuff. I was still passionate. I was still using my time proactively to sure. be a filmmaker. But it was only when I was uh, maybe 23, 24, so like two, three years ago, yeah. that I actually realized the real reason I got into cinema. And when I did, it kind of broke my heart that I didn't acknowledge that sooner. Yeah. And it was simply that my dad loved films. And he worked really long hours yeah. and he provided a good life where I could do something like this. Yeah. So when he came home, he was quite tired. And so he would watch movies and that's how we spent our time together. Sure. And so like, it just clicked. I was like, oh, I wanted to be this thing my dad loved so much and, and got to do in his spare time. Yeah. It had nothing to do with picking up a camera. Yeah. That, that was just coincidence, you know. I could easily have said, you know, I used to play games like running or, or like hide and that made it, might have taken me down a, a sure. career of Olympic athletes. My general belief on how my film experience was, it was largely ba like 
my success was largely based on my own agency. And so if I didn't develop my skills of articulation and my ability to follow through on my thoughts, yeah. it wasn't going to work. Yeah. And I can see that the effects of that now, because again, it was like six hour days at the, at the most with lots of free time to do things. Um, and so you could procrastinate your work or you could get it done immediately and keep working on other stuff. Yeah. And the guys that were as talented as me are not working in film now because they did not use their time carefully. And that be, that was a warning to me because there was about four of us that I thought were now, on the same level. Now, now I get it. Yeah. I get it. Now I get it. That was my next question. That was going to be my next yeah. question. But now you already answered that. You know, like, like why, why it happens that some other people will go through film school and then after film school, they end up doing something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just answered that. It's, it's completely disciplined because when you walk into the film industry, the, the first thing you might have heard is, oh, it's a very creative field and, oh, you know, everyone's very in tune with themselves. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But it also requires discipline to do that continuously, yeah. to continuously come to work and have to create things. It means you can't, you can't waste your time outside. You know, I, I asked the guys that I was working with, these guys are heavyweight filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you love what you do? They're like, yeah, but it costs us a lot. Yes. They've been in the film industry for 40 years. All of them have won Emmys. All of them have been nominated for things like Oscars. And they said they barely see their family. You know, that was a decision on their part that I'm going to have to make it in my career, which means I'm probably not going to be home that much. Yeah. So they're able to provide financially for their families beyond yeah. what most people could for their families, but they don't see them. And so all of those things have to be, I quite, quite honestly told to you in film school, you know, it's going to take discipline. You're probably going to have to eat well. You're probably going to have to sleep well. You're going to have to do some sort of exercise so that you can sustain, sustain yourself on a film set. Yeah. You're probably not going to see your family that much if you become yeah. successful because you're going to work correct. long. I mean, even if, you know, even if you're a PA, mm. it's even worse when you're a PA. Mm. You won't see your, your family that much when you're starting up like lighting department, especially lighting department, you know, when you're work, working, uh, working yeah. like on exteriors, you know, where you have like, no, in, actually interiors. Mm. Because that's when it, most, of, most of the light is needed. You know what I mean? Those guys, they have combo, like some, some other shoots, we've got like 50 or 100 combo stands. Yeah. And they have to, you know, light and, you know. So, yeah, I, I feel what you're saying, brother. And that goes really well into one of my favorite answers from the director I was working with. I asked him, uh, why do they keep hiring you? Yeah. You know, and uh, there's a genuine question. Why do they keep hiring you over all the other guys that are as talented as you? He yeah. said, I work quickly. Yeah. And he said, I know what I'm doing. And I work quickly because my job on set is to get everyone home. Yeah. That I get everything I need and I get everyone home so that I keep the energy and momentum alive for months. Yeah. But if I burn everyone out on the first day, second day, a week in, no one's going to be keen to come and it's going to slow everything down even further. That's correct. And, and that's stuff you can't do if you're not disciplined in film school. Mm. You can't leave film school and expect, oh, I'm going to get disciplined. How? You're going to struggle. You're not going to be able to focus. You're going to want to rely on things to cope with it. Yeah. That's not necessarily something like drugs. You might just want to sleep in. You're late for work. Yeah. You know, you're not prepped for work. Yeah. I got an opportunity, and this was, again, one of the craziest things to happen, sure. to direct a scene from uh, the finale of the series. Sure. And this only happened because I had shown this director that I was so 
in tune with the work and I would show up to the job 20 minutes before him Jesus. to walk around the entire, even if we had shot that the day before, I would get there 20 minutes before him and walk around the entire lot to make sure I knew where every bathroom was. I knew that he had his scripts. I had read the scripts. I had made sure that everything that the other departments needed were there so that if he comes on set, he doesn't just get out the car and it's like, would you like a cup of coffee? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll have what he wants ready and say, okay, so this is where all the departments are. Yeah. This is, okay, 20 minutes behind on makeup because of this and this and this, so he knows what happened. Sure. And then, and so I had to develop good relationships with everyone. And that took time. That's you know, crazy, bro. I didn't see people for long periods of time that I care about because mm -hmm. I had dedicated myself to this job. And if you don't do that, you get there and you're flustered and then you, you don't do well and then you, you think you can't do well and then you just think you're not meant for this industry. Yeah. When all that happened was you didn't discipline yourself enough to be in that role, but your mind was good enough. Yeah, bro, I love it. I love it, bro. It's almost like you've answered all the questions that I was about to ask you. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because my next question was going to be like, like, what's your advice, you know, for... You know, for young and upcoming, you know, filmmakers, you know, or those who wants to go to film school. I mean, you've answered all of the yeah. all all of that. I, I think I, I, to extend on it, then yeah, take pressure off of yourself. You know, yeah. you're not going to make the Oscar film now. Yeah. You're not going to make the Oscar short now. Don't don't attempt for that. Learn one thing from the project. One thing, whether it's how to communicate with your departments yes. or what your departments actually do, yes. or how, what is genre and how can you use it to sell your, your product? Sure. If you understand one thing clearer, not perfectly clearer, the next time you do the job, you have that tool. And then that one, you learn something new. And eventually over the course of years, you've learned so many tools that your craft is just second nature to you. It's crazy. But I'll, I'll give you this as well. Yeah. When I was offered the, the point to direct, again, this was a finale, so this was, 300 crew, I think maybe 200 extras, three or four wind machines. We had built this Crazy. town. Yeah. Uh, there were A-list celebrity actors on the set. I, you know, when he said you, you're going to be directing this next bit, he did work, work out with the DOP what shots we were going to do. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was doing everything, but yes. I was going to do the directing role, the momentum, the pacing of the scene. Um, when he said, you know, you're going to be doing this, my first instinct was, oh, no, you've got the wrong guy. My, my first instinct was to say, please don't give this to me. This thing I've wanted my entire life. I said, oh, no, I should have been more prepped. And then I realized, oh, I was prepped. You're I knew what scene on we yourself. Would, yeah. Yeah, I, unnecessarily. I knew what scene we were going to do. I'd read it. I had even cast the extra I was going to be working with that was interacting with the leads. And, and so I knew everything that was happening. So the first thing I did and I recommend this to everyone that works in an industry as fast paced as ours. Yeah. I just stood there for a second. I breathed three times just to calm my nervous system down. And then I said, okay, what is the first thing I usually do when I direct my friends? I need to hear the line. Okay, yeah. let's try that. Let's see if that's a good starting point. I listened to the line. I'm like, oh, you got it perfect. You know, I, 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 I believed it. Yeah. What's next? Well, the movement's probably important if we're going to be watching him. I had to move and I was like, okay, no, no, wait, no, that's not, <laughs> something was off there. And then I work with him on that. And yeah. then 
And then I see, oh yeah, you know, I can rely on the AD. I don't have to communicate with all these departments. Yeah. The AD is going to help me. He's got his God mic and he's booming through all the speakers on the set. So I say, okay, no, we're, uh, we're ready to go. Yeah. Let's go for it. And, and again, this is like that learning process. It didn't sure. stop for me because when we rolled the first time, I was filled with so much adrenaline. I yelled, okay, we're ready to cut. <laughs> and I ran up to the actor and then I went back and I was like, cool. This is like a minute or two to set up again. Yeah, I should yeah. probably not cut because everyone has to gather all the stuff they're using and the wind machines have to throw stuff. Yeah. And so I said, okay, consciously, I'm going to do two or three in one roll. Mm. And then I did that. And then we got the take and I said, okay, I want to go for another one, but we should probably finish our day. And so I said, okay, we're done. Yeah, we can. And then the director stepped back and he continued working. That's great, bro. That's great, man. So you say, I mean, preparation is key, mm. you know? Preparation. Conscious preparation. Yeah. Because you can prepare and not be prepared for all the other things that are going to go wrong. Yeah. So for me, that preparation was also, I had good relationships with all the HODs. So when I stepped on set, they weren't like, who the hell is this kid? Yeah. They had... I had put the effort in to make sure that they knew who I was. Sure. You know? Giving them confidence in, yeah. in you taking, like, in, in, in being in control of the security. They can trust you. Yeah. I, yeah. I learned when to speak and when to really listen and when I could ask questions. Yeah. I learned about how they're setting up and when they need to be focused versus when asking a question is actually probably going to make this mundane job easier for them, that yeah. they're currently having to move stuff. Yeah. And so I would I would have to be very alert. Again, that took discipline because I'd come home and the first thing I'd want to do is maybe order some takeout and watch a movie, but that would ruin the next day for me. Yeah. So I'd have to stretch, which I hated to do. I'd like sit at home going, oh, God, I have to stretch. I just did a like a... 11 to 12 hour day you i got to stretch now yeah. and then i got to take a dog for the uh, my dog for a walk which and like i love the dog but i didn't want to go for a walk <laughs> and then i got to eat healthy so that i you know my yeah. body's taking care of itself and That's and then a- i i realized you know i didn't want to do those stuff but i can't do the stuff i want without mm. those those things in place i got you bro i got you um just to wrap up you know like um like what's your ultimate goal you know like what's your your end goal you know, you've, you've mm. done your independent stuff before yeah. you went to school. You went to school and you've seen the big world, you know, the real world of the industry. Like, what's your ultimate goal that now at least you, you have the foundation mm. from your own things in school and now at least you have the knowledge and the understanding of mm. the real world, you know? So where to from here, you know? Like, what's your ultimate goal? Like, what's your end yeah. goal in, in everything that you... Or, or where to from here? It's a good question, and, and I've been thinking about it for a while. Yeah. I found that my end goal is in line with bringing works to life like Ari Aster did with Hereditary and Midsommar and sure. Bong Joon-ho did with Parasite. Now, why those two specifically, why I, my goals are aligned with them, yeah. is they married art and a full understanding of the technique of cinema with commercialism, mm. and that's hard to do. So their films weren't just independent and interesting and emotional. They also had a lot of value to a large market. Parasite did well. Hereditary did well. And so my goal is to take the stories that I believe are important, which are my culture and my heritage, and make them commercially successful, but still having the discipline and technique of art there. So if I can get that right, that's it. I'm happy. So you say, um, are you saying that, you know, just the last question, are you saying that, do you recommend 
like going to film school or do you recommend, you know, like for someone to to start off like on, mm. on the big world, like as, as, a, as, a, as a trainee, PA, all of that, or you recommend someone going to school first, like what's, like what's your take on there, you know? Because, yeah, I, I've got mm. my own opinion, my own opinion on that. So like, what's your own opinion? Because you've been to school, you know? And I think it's incredibly uh, relevant to talk about what the goals are. So if you want to be in a department like Grips and Lighting, or if you want to be in a camera department, HOD is not really, you know, you, you're considering it, but camera operating sounds like the job for you. Mm. Then the best thing to do is go to a gear house, work in a gear house, learn the equipment, learn about the people that are coming in to rent the equipment, get to know those guys. That will be your film school. Sure. Um, do I think you have to pay an institution and get a degree? Only if you're focused on abstract thoughts and developing them. But then I think the argument is, is a film school where you should do that? Or should you take the equivalent amount of money that you're going to be paying to a film school and spend that on developing your own thoughts while using online resources? Got you. Got you. And, I, you know, I, I would say if you don't know anyone in the film industry and you want to be a creative head like a director or a writer, film school's for you, quite honestly, because that's where you're going to meet people, you're going to get get to know the technicians that want yeah. to be there. But unless that's your specific thing, I don't think film school's for you. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, I hear you. So so someone like someone that doesn't have funds to go to school or or rather like, you know, they didn't do well, you know, in their high school mm. to go to film school and they don't have the contacts, you know, to get into a film industry, you know, to get yeah. their step on the door in the film industry what can you advise them like if they want to follow their passion because sure. at the moment it seems like going to school will open doors for you for when you're done in terms of the big world of the of, mm. of the industry or if you've got someone that you know for instance Sonja to host introduced me to the industry mm. the industry introduced me to Gary Gary B by radical crew Gary introduced me to Martin Palmer like a legendary first AD you know that trained me as an AD yeah. growing up up until I was you know up until I was you know so 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 that was my journey not everyone has that mm. privilege enough to have the journey that I have with the people that I've met in my life yeah. that helped me to the point where now I'm an established director you mm. know what I mean I can speak with like big like ad, I can I can I can speak with big ad agencies you know um um studios and stuff like that you know I mean, not everyone has that opportunity you know? mm. so what or go to school so what can can your advice be in a situation like that let's say uh, like just like not just in Kailicha you know let's say in Hautbe or wherever they don't have an access to an industry they don't have mm. access to, to go to I mean they, they can't go to school because they don't have money or they didn't do well in school in high school but they want to you know my first um my first instinct on that is first not to give advice, but to, to give a bit of a warning. Yeah. Like if, if you want to do this, if film is what you want and you don't have the means to study, you do you will struggle to be able to do it on your own uh, independently. Uh, you can't put aside funds to, to, to use online resources. Yeah. You're going to have to sacrifice something, you know? We all have to, to get that discipline. Yeah. And for this person, it's probably going to be time. So they're going to have to find a way in, I think, FILM, the, I, I think it's got a new name now, the Film Academy, or you're going to have to get in contact with people like that and say, yeah. I want to learn. But you can't do that until you're able to articulate yourself. Yeah. If you can make it clear that I don't have the resources, but I have the mind 
So you have to sharpen your mind first. That's mm. one sacrifice. All the time that you spend not doing that is going to work against you. Got you, brother. So you got to sharpen your mind, find a place like FILM or, you know, a producer mm. and, and get a way in, you know. Sapa. What's it called? Sapa. SA Film Academy. SA Film Academy. Yes. Them. Um, that's probably their best bet. But I think going off of what you said, like the reason people recommended you is because not only are you good at what you're doing, but you make them look good if, yeah. if you do the job that they know you can do. Yes, so yes. you got to be that person. Sure. And that takes discipline. That takes the brain to focus yes. and to know that end goal. So if you don't have the resources, the odds are you're going to start as a group. The odds are you're going to start on low on the rungs. You're not going to be in the creative positions. Definitely, bro. And you've got to remind yourself Definitely. for years I might be doing this. Yeah. But it's it is very dependent on how much I put into this job to show the people that can hire me higher. I'm the guy to do it. Love it. But and that's and it's not un, it's not unheard of. Like people like I don't know if he went to film school, but David Fincher, like we all know that guy. Mm. He started off as a VFX artist. Yes. You know? So it's possible, but it's going to take sacrifice and hard work to do it. Really, brother. Mm. All right. I think I think I'm good. That was it for our first episode. And um, Jay, um, we're going to have um, her, I mean, his, all his um, Instagram details and social media details on the screen. So you can follow him. Um, maybe you can maybe DM, DM him for, for some advice or maybe, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, you, you would like his services or something or whatever you need, you know, can hear that this is a very knowledgeable guy. He knows what he's doing. He knows he's got, he knows a lot about the industry. You know, sitting here listening to him as well, you know, um, taking some few things from him, you know. Um, yeah. So that was it for the fourth. Um, is there anything that you want to say to close up? Good luck to you, you know. This is, this is a noble profession. You're telling the stories of people. This is, we're, we're in charge of culture right now. Yeah. Because the, the most dominant form of entertainment is visual entertainment, yes. whether it's on YouTube or in a, in, on Netflix. We get to tell the stories of humanity. Exactly, brother. Uh, you, it's a good thing to go through. So if you're going to sacrifice to do it, uh, I think Fantastic. it's worth it. Thank you so much, my brother.